0: You've played the missions, but do you really know the lore?
1: We are here to be your guides.
0: Your guardians.
1: This is Guardians of Lore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night, guardians. Welcome to Guardians of Lore. This is episode 108, recorded April 4th, 2021. The topic for this episode is From the Front. In case you couldn't tell, I'm your host. I am Elemist.
0: Hi, I'm Orchid. Hi, Orchid. Hi, Elamist. Happy Easter.
1: Happy Easter to you and to our listeners. Yay. Uh, so... I'm
0: like chock full of chocolate right now. <laughs>
1: oh, that's why you're so pleasant. <laughs> so for podcast info we encourage feedback that can be sent to us on twitter at guardians underscore lore at hey it's orchid or at i underscore am underscore elemist you can email us at guardians underscore lore at com. you can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast and you know what why don't you just jump in our discord the actual invite is into the description of the uh the episode. And you can find our info on the subreddit, r slash network, alongside many impressive lore content creators.
0: You can also find us at thelornetwork.com, because that redirects to the subreddit.
1: We just don't know how long that's going to do that. Until
0: Blue stops paying for it, so it's going to keep doing that. It'll be okay. It'll be doing it forever, forever.
1: But that's a long time.
0: <laughs> forever.
1: Anyway, uh, so this week at Guardians of Lore, the Twaggle. What have you been up to, Orchid?
0: I've been playing Outriders. What about you? Me too. Nice.
1: What's your? That's
0: pretty much all I've been doing. What's
1: your class? <laughs>
0: Um my class my class is currently um Rambo Elsa uh which is a technomancer because um of course I've not been you know naming things correctly as is in Destiny is in every other game
1: Rambo yes, Elsa why? Yeah Okay
0: I mean is is that not a good description of a technomancer <laughs>
1: I don't know. I've been playing Devastator.
0: Of course you have. You're a punch ground girl. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're you're just a titan in a different game.
1: Exactly. I'm just a
0: warlock in a different game.
1: <laughs> that is exactly it.
0: Tricksters are just hunters, which we also uh, called surprise motherfuckers.
1: <laughs> another game. Very on brand with hunters.
0: Yeah. Uh, pyromancers. um our group of friends have been calling hot Cheetos, <laughs> so.
1: i I'm not asking,
0: yeah, don't ask, yeah, I'm but not asking. uh those are the four names that we've been <laughs> giving. Up. these are the same like groups of friends that uh came up with the name Andy's for uh Arc buddies, so
1: that makes sense you know
0: the yeah, you know the naming is like spot on, but that um, makes sense, mm hmm Rambo Elsa because Technomancers have, like, a lot of, um, they're ranged, but they have, like, a lot of turrets and shit, and so I have a lot of, like, icy turrets, but also I could just, you know, summon a rocket launcher for no reason, which is super OP, by the way. So, yeah, I've been uh, super enjoying that. That, and I also get, you know, sniper rifles and have extra, like, ranged damage. So it's just playing like I would when I'm playing Destiny, which is, you know, absolutely no effort into trying something new. It was like just stepping out of one game and into another. Except like the third person's kind of throwing me off a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's throwing me off a little too.
0: I think the game would have like done really well to be in first person. But the cover base system really feels like Gears of War. Which makes sense, knowing the people who made it. But I'm like yeah. really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying it a lot. I feel like they fixed a lot of the bugs, like from the beta to now, where they're like, "It was a demo." I'm like, "No, it was a beta." Like, <laughs> let's be real. But um, so, are you enjoying your uh, Devastator class?
1: Oh my god, yes. Um. So,
0: do you like the shield that like? absorbs bullets. Am, is, am I seeing that right? Because um, oh, one of my friends
1: you, is you mean my class. Ursa Furiosas? Yes.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yes. Mm-hmm. Where,
1: like, I absorb bullets and then shoot them back out.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great, right?
1: <laughs> that or um, my Icefall Mantle, where I literally just, like, put an overshield over myself.
0: Oh, my Uh, goodness.
1: Or there's my yeet. Like, it's death from above.
0: You have a yeet? Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like,
1: I literally am able to jump into the air and select enemies, and then I throw my body at them. Um, I mean,
0: that's pretty great, actually right
1: so like I'm having fun with it I think I'm level 15 16. oh wow. something like that
0: yeah I'm only around like level 12 right now so but we, I'm really having fun with it a lot
1: i'm I'm playing with a clanmate of mine and we had gotten to um a forest. And like, okay, yeah, it was very grim dark.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, there's all this tonal dark shit that's happening around them, but they're just cracking jokes, and it is phenomenal. <laughs> like, we came up against a boss named Foreman Bob. <laughs> Monkeys and I were cracking up for five minutes.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Because, like, we're just playing out scenarios of, like, all right, so in case we get, you know, run in by by some outrider, what are you going to do? Well, Foreman Bob, I'm going to. Exactly. Like, it's just, it we were dying of laughter at like mm-hmm. one or two AM. It was just it was great.
0: That's funny. Yeah. Um we did the the giant spider in the volcano battle yeah. last night. Yeah. And I was like not into that. It was like right before nope. bed. I was like,
1: no, 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 no. I knew nope, you nope, were nope, going to nope, have problems nope, with nope, all the nope, spiders. Nope, I nope, did nope.
0: think of you when we were doing that. I was like, oh no, elements is going to hate this.
1: <laughs> oh, I hated every moment of it.
0: Yeah. I knew you were going to hate this.
1: And then the final bit of that damage, like the final bit of that boss fight, I was mm-hmm. actually all right because then the spider looked like a hand, not a spider yeah it was like it was just a technical i'm good now Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh did not like yeah did not like that part no
0: Mm -mm. but um yeah it was it was fun i i've been really enjoying it a lot and i can't wait to play more (laughs) when it was like about two thirty in the morning we're like oh god we all need to just like go to bed or i'm gonna end up staying up until like seven in the morning like i did the night before because i was playing with australians and you know it was normal bedtime for them <laughs> and i was like no it's, it's sleepy times for me um
1: yeah no like i'm i'm planning on jumping on after we finish this recording mm, yeah I I'm just hoping that the server issues get alleviated in sometime in the next week.
0: Oh, were you guys having problems on so, Xbox?
1: Yes. Um I get stuck in an auth authentic, authenticating loop.
0: Oh. Where it
1: says, you know, it, it it's trying to authenticate and then sometimes it'll say I'm signed in, but it can't contact the servers. Mhm. Um and then other times it'll just get stuck at authenticating and then boot me out. Mm Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because it's a brand new game. Yep. And on day one, it got released as part of Game Pass. Yeah. So, like, I know I'm part of the problem there because I didn't have to actually pay for it. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah they didn't account I mean, for for the number yeah. of people that were gonna jump in day one because of game pass
0: I think also um this is like square Enix games notoriously have server problems um, at the beginning of like launches notoriously and so if people if you're not familiar with the problems that Squeenix games have then it's just it, you're just suddenly like why am i having these problems like you can get stuck in you can get stuck where you can't finish a cutscene and you have to have the cutscene finished before you can actually like move on in the story but if you can't finish the cutscene then you're you're fucked and that's happened in like in in different games before in final fantasy and stuff so you just, you learned to love that.
1: There was actually it just, one point, yeah, it's... there was actually one point in my gameplay yesterday where I got stuck in between closing out a vendor menu. Oh, no. Like, the actual menu had closed,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: it wouldn't give me control of my character anymore. Oh, no. So, I am literally sitting there with nothing on my screen except for, like, what actually is going on around me visually. But, like, no HUD, no buttons to press, no nothing. So, I'm just sitting Mm -hmm. there like, guys, help.
0: Oh, no.
1: One of my, my teammates at the time actually forced the team to go somewhere. And that actually pulled me out of the issue, but it was just, um, it was like, yeah, what the hell?
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, pickle.
1: I'm sorry too, pickles.
0: Ugh, so loud.
1: So uh, that aside, yeah, you've had but... some issues with follow bots.
0: Oh my god, on my channel, um, on Tuesday, during my str- I had a an longer stream than usual i usually stream like four hours four and a half hours and i streamed like six hours um because we were just like we were not just chatting we were just hanging out and so it's probably like one in the morning and i'm finishing up and because we were we were talking about like destiny lore and we were listening to some like proofs from dla and there's probably just like 15 of us there's not that many people And suddenly, like, I'm starting to get followed by people. I'm like, the fuck is this? Like, no one follows me. (laughs) And then we just get, like, hammered. And I had to, like, turn my alerts off and, like, demod my, like, stream elements bot because, like, chat couldn't keep up because they were like, what is happening? And it's because, like, someone... It's one of those like you pay for followers, bots, uh. like people who don't like you. Um, like if you like make them mad, will do this sometimes, or if they think they're helping you. Because I was like, four people from like five hundred followers on Twitch or something, and. Gotcha. Yeah, and so they'll like, oh, well, I'll just, you know, if I think they deserve X many followers, I'll just pay for them, and so then they can just have it. But that's not organic growth. That doesn't count. And I think you get in trouble with Twitch anyway, if they see that you, like, quote-unquote paid for followers, and there's, like, no proof that you did it or someone else did. So... um Yeah, so it was, like, uh, suddenly I had, like, a thousand extra followers. (laughs) And everyone's panicking. (laughs) So I'm like, how do I get rid of them? So, like, my mods are starting to, like, trying to ban everyone (laughs) that, like, followed. Because they're just bots. Like, they're not real accounts. They were all made in the last, like, three months. But, oh, my God. It was very stressful. Um, Finally, there's... um, There is an account that people will see if you look in people who are in your chat. If you stream, you can see who's in your chat. Even if they're not chatting, you can see who's like lurking in your chat. And um, there is one called Commander Root. And that's one that just takes analytics. But Commander Root is super powerful. You can log into it and you can use it to cull your followers so wow. we logged into Commander Root, and between certain timestamps, you can say, like, delete all of my followers between, like, 1 a.m. and 1 a.m. from this day, and it'll delete all of your followers, because it'll go into, like, the root of Twitch and delete your followers for you. So it's, like, very, very powerful, and you can very much fuck up your Twitch with that, but, like it fixed all of my problems. So like commander root is like, if this happens to you, because it, it does happen like to many people. So you can use it also to like, look at your analytics and stuff. Like really, if you're really into your analytics, you can use it, but you can use it also to, you know, like block and un- have people unfollow you and, and, you know, like really take control of your list that way but it gotcha. that like saved me yeah i feel really bad because like one of um one of irish's friends is a staff at twitch and like was woken up at two in the morning to like try to help us fix it And they're like i can help you fix it but like not until the morning and we're like no you don't have to i'm so sorry it was, it was just like, oh, uh, it was the worst. Jeez. Yeah. It's not something, it's now that I know how to fix it on my own and don't have to bother Twitch about it. That's good. I mean, like, it's just not something you want on your account, you know?
1: Yeah. and And that makes sense.
0: Yeah. But my goodness, very stressful. Hopefully that won't ever happen to you. I don't know why it happened. Like, I didn't make anyone mad. I don't think. You didn't do it, so... <laughs> I think you're the only one that...
1: I've got better stuff I, to waste my money on.
0: Exactly, so... <laughs> exactly.
1: And I've got other ways of but. getting even with you. Oh, Jesus.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to ask. My God. Oh,
1: they'll come up whenever... Whenever, you know, I need them, <sighs> to. Oh,
0: God. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. want to go into a lore network ad
1: we probably should
0: yeah let's do that before you disclose something you shouldn't (laughs) the lore network
1: since the dawn of time there have been storytellers who teach through their stories these myths give rise to fundamental truths and these truths shape our collective experience Yet these myths are not something of the past, and today they engage us more fully in the story itself. Video games allow us to live the lives of our favorite myths. My name is BlueCrew86, host of Focus Fire Chat, and I want to invite you to explore our modern day myths with us. Join with us as we explore the stories, the mythologies of the Destiny franchise, as well as other games. Let's explore together. Wow, what an ad.
0: It was so good. I feel rejuvenated.
1: Gave me chills.
0: Oh. (laughs) Are you sure that wasn't someone crossing over the threshold of your death? That could be. Mm -hmm.
1: Anyway, brief intro to the topic. (laughs) This lore book is obtained from completing Season of the Chosen Triumphs. It's a direct tie-in to the story that played out this season with Keitel, Zavala, Crow, and Saladin.
0: Salad bin. Salad bar. Hmm.
1: So this okay. is. Yep.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would love to read this first one. Stupid salad. This is one. The Hopeful Legion. Valmorag had been stationed in the place the humans called a dead zone for years now, though he had no commander, no handler. He held the territory on his own, defending it from the stinking vermin hive. They reminded him of the tiny red beetles that crawled around in the dust where he'd come up. The ones that swarmed war beast pens and crept into woven clothes. The best way to get rid of them, his mother taught him, was to hold a flame close to the seams of their shells. They snapped and popped in the heat. He found the same to be true for the hive. By now, he'd stop expecting anyone to come for him. Their invasion had become a death sentence. When he had accepted by the nature of his position, he would die for the Legion with or without the promise of reward. As Val Morag listened to a transmission from the Empress Keitel, he thought about how far he'd come since he was recruited, since he was pulled out of the poorest rural district on his planet with this new challenge with the new Empress sending her call out into the system, he could go a lot farther. Europa was cold. Basilius was no stranger to cold; he'd been stationed on Mars before it disappeared before his Vallas sent him and his reports off planet on a recon mission. He didn't care for intel or resource gathering, but of Vallis's law, or at least, he was. After a false start on Nessus, they'd brought the cruiser to Europa. The icy moon was crawling with thieving fallen, but there were secrets buried in the ice. Dainty human technology. It didn't interest him. But the Scions loved to tinker, and they insisted there was something here worthwhile, something that could catch the attention of an empress hoping to regain favor with her scattered people, something that might win a soldier like him, with no valuable titles or reputation to his name, a new level of recognition, and the respect he deserved. As the voice of their so-called empress droned on from a beat-up radio, the soldiers ate Commander Dravis picked at the bones of a roasted bird, gun laid across his lap. The little red-violet-winged creatures on Nessus didn't have much meat on them, but they were challenging and satisfying to trap. "'What's she mean, ancient rites?' a young legionary asked. The commander looked up. "'Old-timer traditions,' she went on. Dravis snorted. An honored tradition,' he said." Beloved by the Praetoriate, warriors taken on challengers to prove their battle worth. He eyed her. Calves like you wouldn't remember that. Is it open to anyone? The legionary asked. He laughed. Well, she growled, are you taking challengers? She squared her weight. You can start with me. Travis looked the bold youngling up and down, calculating the effort. He had no great desire to impress the disgraced emperor's pampered daughter. The leader he knew and served was the Dominus, dead or alive. But maybe there was money to be gained from this. He wouldn't turn his nose up at the prospect. He tossed the bird bones aside, lifted his gun, and fired a shot right into the legionary's belly. She fell. I win, he said. They called her Ixel. The far reaching, because she'd risen far above her station in a fraction of her lifetime. They called her Ixel, the far reaching, because she pulled things from her mind that should be out of reach for memory. They called her Ixel, the far reaching, because she grasped for everything she could not have. It was all true. On the strange terrain of the Nessus Centaur, Ixel had extracted herself from command. The Vallis had been uncreative, small minded. He hadn't seen the value in the Vex technologies that might amplify Ixel's unique psionic talents. So she killed him and poached the unit's best fighters. Hard to say if this competition was open to traitors of the Empire. And yet somehow, this new Empress, foolish though she was, might be inspired by bold action. Not to mention the things Ixel could pull from the prediction engines. Intelligence beyond the empress's imagining. They called her Ixel the far-reaching because her ambition was limitless.
1: So, Orkin and I were discussing this before the episode. Ixel is actually the name of one of the battlegrounds' bosses.
0: Yeah, we couldn't figure out which one it was. I'm like, why do I know this name? (laughs)
1: All I do is PVP. Why do I know this name?
0: Why do I know the name? I know if I know a name from something, I've heard it a million times. Because I don't, unlike Elmas, I don't read the names of things. I don't don't make a point of remembering the names of things I fight. And so if I know the name, it's because I've seen the name a hundred times.
1: And that's fair. Yeah. Um. She is one of the Scions. Like, she is an actual boss in one of the Nessus battlegrounds. Um, we go through an entire quest of, like, foiling her plans.
0: The one that you fight her is the one where Cade was stuck in his, like, Vex cage.
1: Oh, my cotton socks.
0: Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's the one where we fight her. Uh,
1: so this entry was following Val Marag. Um, he was stationed in a dead zone. I'm suspecting it's the EDZ, but there are other dead zones in the around Earth.
0: I'm assuming it's the EDZ.
1: Right, because like that's where the majority of the Red Legion hit, or at least that's where we know the majority of the Red Legion hit. Um, and he listened to the transmission from Keidel, which, if you remember, we actually covered last week. It was an entry from. Uh, the Empress lore book.
0: Was it that one?
1: Well, cause like I'm I'm trying to think of what other transmissions a abandoned cabal would hear.
0: Alamus, did you know that we're um real dumb? Because all four of these are the four bosses that you fight in all four Proving Crowns Uh... because i was like i know that name too why do i know that name (laughs) yeah and so i looked it up i was like oh that one is also a a proving grounds boss so what do you want to buy what do you want to bet that the other two are as well
1: right two starts the pattern three confirms it
0: yeah, so all four of them are the so these are the stories of the four um, proving grounds bosses that we fight.
1: And honestly, we probably end up like I said that we get Smart. these from you know tr- season of the chosen triumphs, but we probably mm-hmm. get them from finishing war off table. like quests and and the lore tables. I think they're or the, the war yeah table I think they're stuff. war
0: table weeklies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I bet you that's where we got them from because I never I think they are actually where we get them from because when you finish them, you get like I think a lore pops up every week when you finish a war table.
1: And and that would actually make sense because we stopped getting quests from the war table at week seven.
0: Yeah, like week and seven was the seven. last week
1: and there's only mm-hmm. seven entries. Yep. So it makes sense.
0: Hmm.
1: Um. But yeah. So we
0: solved it. <laughs>
1: we we <laughs> did. We did.
0: Man, we're so smart. <laughs> I knew we'd get there.
1: Um. But yeah. So Valmarag is in a dead zone. Hmm. Um. Basilius is on Europa
0: mm-hmm
1: commander dravis is in nessus or mm-hmm. on nessus and Ixel is on nessus
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah it, it's talking about the four battlegrounds bosses and
0: mm-hmm.
1: mostly where they're located
0: yeah yeah the first one's in the cosmodrome
1: yeah i was about to say like that's
0: it's the cosmodrome boss. Because I'm yeah. looking at him, I'm like, yeah, I know that guy. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's nice to know there are like little backstories.
1: Right, and like it didn't give too much, Mm-mm. but it was it was just enough to get a flavor.
0: Yeah. Do you want to read the next one?
1: I do. So this okay. is okay. So this is two. The cost of war. When Zivu Urath came for Torabottle, Kail was unprepared. They all were. She'd watched her people bred for battle and victory fall to a force that dwarfed their armies. She'd watched her beloved city burn. Kaido learned from every failure. From this one, she learned two things. First, that warriors were not game pieces, no matter how much her generals enjoyed bickering over war tables. And second, that a society of warriors could not hope to beat a god of war at her own game, and by her own rules. There were shades of victory. Escaping their homeworld with so many survivors was a victory. Regaining their army was a victory. Avoiding an all-out war with the Guardians would be another. Except the Guardians would not negotiate. She hadn't expected that. She'd thought that after Gaul's attack, they would do anything to avoid another war. Catastrophe seemed to befall this system time and time again, if the Red Legion scribes stranded here were to be believed. So why did the Guardians refuse a way out? She knew why, of course. It was why she'd waited so long before giving the evacuation order into her bottle. Why she'd been mesmerized by the towering form of Zivu Arath crushing thousands of years of civilization beneath her chitin boots. Denial. Pride. But Keitel had grown since then. She'd counted her losses. Calculated constantly, always working the numbers, never losing sight of who they represented. The Guardians would have to grow as well, if they wished to survive. For there were gods walking through this world, and the battle against them would not be won through denial and pride. They would have to cut a new path.
0: Well, that's... um. She's not wrong.
1: No, she's not.
0: Guardians do think that we think we're invincible. Because we have, you know, like super spoopy traveler powers. And I think Zavala is really kind of the only one who's like, we're not invincible. But he's the one that protects the city kind of at all costs. You know, yeah, it's like the weight of the city rests on his shoulders, but she's she's very perceptive, she is, yeah,
1: almost to a frightening degree,
0: right? She's like, very, um, she's very smart,
1: she it well, and, and she's a strategist, strategist,
0: yeah, she is, strategist, um, yeah,
1: because like she went into the, the quote negotiations end quote with Zavala mm-hmm. thinking it was going to go one way because of this reason, this reason, this reason, and this reason and when it didn't go that way she was like alright these are the reasons why it didn't go that way let's forge a mm-hmm. new path and it yeah, it's impressive and frightening at the same time
0: <laughs> right um, I do like that she um she recognizes that uh she was unprepared and Tor Bottle was unprepared when Zeevu Wrath came and which we read in Empress last week in the week before, um, with with Zu arrival and subsequent yeah. destruction of the planet. Um and, yeah, I mean, the Zebra Wrath is kind of bearing down on, like, we know it's coming, you know. Like, which queen is next season, or next year, we should say.
1: Yeah, next year. Next
0: DLC, yeah. So, it's coming. It's coming for us. It's only a matter of time.
1: But that's that's assuming that Zivu is gonna get wrapped up in the witch queen.
0: I don't think so, but Zivu is very destructive, right? You know, and yeah,
1: like I said last week, my Titan brain is excited to fight her. Yeah, because like they they even call it out here. Um, where is it? And second, that a society of warriors could not hope to beat a god of war at her own game and by her own rules. Because mm-hmm. like like I said last week, she is the Hive god of war. Like, exactly. By fighting her and killing her forces, we are making her stronger. And mm-hmm. if we don't fight her forces, she's going to steamroll us anyway yep so Mm -hmm. like it is a lose-lose situation we are just making her stronger and i am all for taking her out yeah
0: (laughs) exactly it's crazy absolutely crazy i'm um very excited for it as well um yeah but like this whole line of um why she'd waited so long before giving the evacuation order into tore a bottle, why she'd been me- mesmerized with the towering form of Ziva Wrath, crushing thousands of years of civilization beneath her chitin boots, denial and pride. Like, we've heard denial and pride attributed to, like, the likes of um, Osiris in the last few seasons as well, as well as uh, Zavala.
1: And and, I mean, heck, that that led directly to Sagira's death. That led directly to, you know, Zavala going through everything he is.
0: Yeah. Like that seems to be like a really big underlying theme of the last several years of Destiny is like denial and pride. You know, but especially like the last year, at least. Yeah. So that's uh, it's just something I noticed.
1: No, and and it's good that you noticed it. Mm. Not good for Zavala's sake, but
0: no, because
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just taking him down a path that I I don't want to see him go down, but. I I said it before in one of our previous episodes that like I can see him going down that path that like he wrongs us somehow and I hate to see that but I would love to see the redemption arc
0: I love a good redemption arc
1: (laughs) and like if anybody could have a good redemption arc it would be Zavala
0: oh yeah definitely Oh god, I love Zavala so much. He's such a good character.
1: He's my favorite vanguard.
0: He is your vanguard. <laughs> I love my vanguard, but she doesn't speak. She just kind of hangs out.
1: And builds vexed gates in the tower. And builds
0: God. Still. <laughs> why? Why would you do that? <laughs> Not smart, Ikora
1: stand back while Not I build a all. vex
0: gate in the fucking courtyard right God. This still boggles the mind Even right. it's been a year and it's stupid
1: and like, and like if, if you hadn't noticed those workers weren't harnessed up or anything they were just hanging no, off the side of the, OSHA, the tower
0: yep. yeah.
1: there are no OSHA standards OSHA compli- in the last no, city
0: OSHA standards in the last city so bad <laughs> So very bad. <laughs> My god. I'm gonna read this next one.
1: Sounds good.
0: God, this is chapter three. Am- Amanda dreams. A spot of rest on the shotgun. A hole in the ground, down to hard clay. A pool of rest on her mother's weather beaten jacket. Hacked apart roots grope towards her, peacefully sleeping. A gnarled hand on her shoulder a gnawing pit in her stomach. Is it hunger or grief? Her father's cough, cough, cough in the background. An endless stream of broken vehicles, rusted skeletons in their cockpits. They sing a low song through toothy grins, a nameless tune, the sound that follows flickering lights. Is one of them Lucia? She holds her swinging hand as they trudge down the road. The rough calluses like spots of rust. The cough, cough, cough of the cart bouncing behind them. The hole in her shoes is growing. He drops her hand to cover his mouth. What color were her mother's eyes? She frets at her forgetfulness. A parade of skeletons stretches ahead. Behind, her father puts his hands on his knees. He struggles to breathe. Were they brown? Her father's hands on, her sh- on his shoulders crossed over his chest. Who closed his eyes? Who dug the hole? A stray shotgun shell in her pocket. She runs her thumbnail along the ridges, a totem against forgetfulness. Her hands ache with spots of rest as she pulls the cart, alone. Amanda Holiday wakes with a shuddering gasp. The last city hums a nameless tune around her. The Traveler hangs above as pale as death.
1: So. This is a nightmare or a dream. At this point, I'm not even sure which. Um, From Amanda Holiday. About the time where like. Her family is still trying to get to the last city.
0: Yeah. It's just their their journey there. Yep. Um, is it is it Amanda that I'm trying to remember that they walked from like North America to South America was that Amanda? Yeah jeez Louise right I I can barely walk to the store <laughs> it's like three blocks down uh,
1: I literally walked like a block and a half today and was winded
0: uh, <laughs>
1: quarantine is real
0: <laughs> quarantine man what she's like yeah i'm just gonna walk from like alaska to you know peru don't mind me <laughs> what <the> no <laughs> what did you do today i walked to peru right oh, okay
1: <laughs> all <laughs> and right how'd that go for you
0: <laughs> i'm tired i'm so tired Um, but like, so her mom died and her dad eventually died. Did her mom die before they started walking?
1: Uh, no, it was on the way because her mom carried the chaperone. Oh, like that's where we get it.
0: Right. We don't get the original Mm -hmm.
1: chaperone. We get a replica based off of Amanda's remembrances. Mm hmm. And Tex Mechanica is like, you know what? We'll support it. But um, Amanda's mother ends up dying in transit to the last city. So,
0: I mean, it is a really long walk. So,
1: (laughs) well, yeah. And if I remember correctly. Amanda is the only one that actually shows up at the city.
0: I mean, from this, her hands ache with the spots of rust as she pulls the cart alone. Yeah. So that supports it, that she was the only one that showed up.
1: Yeah. That's rough. Because she was a child at that point. But, anyway. Should I carry on? Yeah, And this is 4. Guardian Angels Since we're undercover, you know what I need? A disguise shell. Something mysterious. Glint hovered eagerly over Crow's shoulder. His shell flaps tilted encouragingly. We should go see Tess. First of all, Crow muttered, we're not undercover. This mission is reconnaissance, not infiltration. Of course, Glint chirped. But second of all, Crow continued. I'm the one who needs the disguise, not you. Nobody knows who you are. That's not true, Glint protested. I've been around for hundreds of years. I've met everybody as pork bun or whatever it was. Crow gently teased. Nobody in the tower knows you have a new guardian. Glint whirred in a low tone, which Crow had learned to interpret as grumbling. The awoken light bearer ignored his ghost's petulance and checked the position of the sun. He moved a few feet further into shadow before refocusing his attention on Commander Zavala. The last thing Crow wanted was for the Titan to spot the binoculars' reflection. It had been like this for the past week. During the days, Crow would cover Zavala from afar with his sniper rifle, vigilant for any unusual transmat signatures or the faint shimmer of cloaking tech. At night, when visibility was restricted, the pair would creep into the tower and act as the commander's invisible bodyguards. Crow burrowed further into his new hunter cloak. It really was a beautiful garment, he thought. He admired the fine fabric, chosen by Glint and gifted to him by Osiris. Recalling their generosity made him feel suddenly guilty about his stinginess. Crow sighed. Fine. After this mission, once we know Zavala is safe, we can get you a disguise. Glint scooted in front of Crow's face, his mechanical iris suddenly magnified through the binoculars. Can we really? I suppose. Crow murmured as he tilted his head to see past the bobbing ghost. But not because you need it. Because we're friends, Glint stated matter-of-factly. Sure, rare friends. Maybe even cheap, legendary friends. Crow smiled at his ghost, but not exotic friends. You'll have to find a new guardian for that. You're the best, Glint hummed encouragingly. No matter what Lord Saladin says. Crow snorted at the mention of the Iron Lord. We're all on the same side. Sooner or later, the Saladin will realize it and start treating me like a real guardian. Don't worry, Glint chirped. With the legendary pork bun by your side, how could he refuse?
0: I want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. (laughs) God damn it.
1: Oh, I love reading for Glint.
0: Uh, I'm starting to realize I think Glint is more sarcastic than we give him credit for.
1: Oh, absolutely. And he hides it. He hides it under that naive personality.
0: I think he's becoming less and less naive the longer time goes on because Crow is starting to rub off on him
1: yeah i can totally see that but he's he's also keeping his his sunshiny demeanor i hate that (laughs) despite the sarcasm yeah like he's adding the sarcasm on top of his sunshiny demeanor and i i love it it's hilarious to me
0: (laughs) Um, i appreciate in this that they put um that they put the like him being kind of like the the hidden
1: the invisible bodyguards
0: yeah like the watchful eye of zavala in here these really go with, like, I wish I read these when we got them, because these went with the weekly, like, storyline. Yeah. <laughs> as they, like, cropped up. And I, whenever I get lore in the game, I always ignore it. Because I'm like, I'm not going to fucking read this. Because <laughs> I'm like every other Destiny player. So I figure I'm going to read it here, so I'm not going to read it in game. You know that's that's how I roll.
1: That that makes sense. <laughs>
0: that's how I roll. <laughs> but and this is like the one book that would have made sense to read like as you got it.
1: Yeah, because we're we are reading it after all the story, and it's just like, all right, so what was happening at this point? Week four. Mm-hmm. You know, there were talks of an assassination attempt on Zavala. Yeah. So.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So this would have gone with it. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But that being said, week five Week five uh, has
0: Ikora in it? What? Ikora did something?
1: (laughs) Why don't you read it and find out?
0: oh my god what okay week five the restless dead oh shit ikora approached zavala at his post in the courtyard he was looking out at the city in the same way he always did even before he was commander with a blend of fierce determination love and dread the combination ikora knew very well herself she stood next to him resting her hands on the railing, looking up at the Traveler and the stars. They say that before the collapse, cities were so bright that they outshined the stars, she said quietly. It was no surprise to her when he said nothing. Living for hundreds of years didn't endow you with deep understanding of another person, it turned out. Close and steady partnership did. She knew him by now. He held his fears close to his chest, protecting the people he cared about. But with time, with patience, he would let her see. Sometimes. So she waited. I keep seeing his face, Zavala murmured after a long silence. Ikora looked at him, her expression falling. When she spoke, her voice was soft with grief. Cade? Cade? No, Zavala said. He gripped the railing with both hands, a gesture of frustration and self-doubt. Aldrin soft. Ikora straightened, surprised. That sharp feeling of being caught off guard, of realizing you'd missed something, froze her for a moment. What do you mean? She asked cautiously. In the tower, Zavala said. In crowds. He hesitated. I saw him. In the gardens, he called out to me, to warn me about the assassin. Silence again. Zavala exhaled slowly. Do you ever listen to the Golden Age stories Eva tells during the festival about apparitions of the dead? Ghosts, Ikora said quickly. That's what they called them. But those are fairy tales. Who needed ghost stories when the dead could always already get up and walk? She watched Zavala sidelong, waiting for him to say it, waiting for him to ask. I don't know why my mind goes to folk stories. I suppose because the alternative is... Too hard, Ikora interrupted softly. Too hard to imagine. Zavala closed his eyes and nodded. Neither of them said anything for a few minutes. Eventually, Zavala broke the silence. But if he were back, we would know, he said. Ikora stared straight ahead. She felt him watching her, checking her. He was so tired. So, so tired. He would trust whatever she said. She reached to put a hand on his shoulder and said gently, as her gut twisted with guilt. We would know. Zavala placed his hand over hers. They stood together, looking out at the last safe city of Earth, with a profound distance between them that Ikora had never felt before.
1: So, a couple things here. This happened right after the assassination attempt. Um, it was a cutscene called Haunted. And Zavala was, was taking a trip out into a, one of the gardens, and a scion came up. as the scion was about to fire on Zavala, yeah, on Zavala, um, Crow had spoken up. Zavala turned around, shot the scion, and then crow disappeared. It, it's a vast simplification. Of the actual scene but like if you have time go go to youtube pull it up it is amazing
0: yeah it's really good and like yeah like i think all cut scenes from this all season are like a minute long yeah. two minutes long at the most
1: yeah like they were all two minutes long but they are all so good um but, that being said, it, that's more of to give a timeline for when this entry takes place. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing yeah. is, what I'm getting from this entry, Ikora knows about Crow.
0: Yeah, and we knew Ikora knew.
1: We did, because of the latest cutscene. But, like, if we were reading yeah. this as, we w- as it came out, like this would have been the biggest red flag.
0: See, now, this is the only one I read out of all of them. So I knew that she knew. (laughs) And also, it's... Also, because Icora knows everything. Her hidden tell her everything. Like, there is very little Icora doesn't know she's the kind of person that makes sure she knows everything because that's how she makes like informed decisions about things. Um, Because Zavala is, he doesn't, he sees like the macro of the problems, but he misses a lot of like nuance, I think, because he's more worried about like must smash fallen at our gates the Zivu or Rath is banging down our door and she's like I need to know all of the other things that you are missing especially since we don't have you know the hunters right now so she's kind of functioning I think as both the hunter and the warlock vanguard at the moment
1: it's it's so, almost like they both take up that mantle
0: yeah they're kind both of.
1: filling in certain aspects of that role mm-hmm. um, but you are right. Ikora has taken over the intelligence gathering portion of that
0: right um, but yeah she um she definitely knows, and which is why um reading and hearing about like. Let's go back to last week, like knowing about him being like everyone knew but me Um with the cutscene uh from Proving Grounds. Yeah. Like from the strike. Like, yeah, everyone knew but you. Like everyone knew but you. Like everyone.
1: I wouldn't say everyone, but a good number of people. Yeah,
0: I mean, this like very much proves that like Ikora knew for weeks.
1: Oh yeah, Ikora definitely yeah. knew.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And she willingly kept it from him.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we knew the um, salad knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And I mean, hell, we were there when you know Osiris told us about it.
0: hmm Exactly.
1: So, like, so, I mean, key of, players, of the know. important people.
0: Yeah, of the important people, everyone but Zavala knew. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is oops. why
1: it it feels like a betrayal when he actually does find yeah. out.
0: It really does.
1: <laughs> so, I'm just going to continue on then.
0: Yeah, please do.
1: This is 6. Vertigo. I never could understand you scions. Lord Saladin gazed broadly over the precipice of the wall at the rocky wilderness below. Nearby, Osiris watched the scion prisoner restrained by a set of centuries-old iron shackles. Saladin continued, You were conquered by the Cabal, and in the face of a superior military force, you did what you had to do to survive. There's no shame in that. The scion flared their moist facial flaps and fixed their lone eye on the Iron Lord. Saladin wondered whether they were glaring in defiance or struggling to breathe without their helmet. He marveled at their repulsiveness. But even after Callus fled, and Gaul was defeated, you still grovel before tyrants like Keitel. If you rose up, you could taste true independence instead of the patronizing scraps that she offers. Saladin shook his head in contempt. Your power is wasted by cowardice. In the silence that followed, the Iron Lord noticed a curious change in the surrounding atmosphere. The air filled with a sharp frequency, not a sound, but a high intensity vibration that seemed to emanate from inside his own head, like a blossoming migraine. Osiris chuckled, Our friend disagrees. Saladin snarled and grabbed the scion by their shackled wrists. He dragged his prisoner to the edge of the wall and held them over the precipice. He was amazed at how light they were without armor, like a scrawny little bird. Osiris sniffed in distaste and looked back toward the last city. He doubted Saladin's ham-fisted style of interrogation would work, but the scion had resisted his own subtler approach. Where did they get the light-dampening tech? How did they modify the prediction engines? Saladin snapped. The Iron Lord held firm as the Scion struggled weakly in his grasp. Where are they? Where's the rest of the cell? The Scion's lone eye fluttered wildly, and Saladin felt a sudden rush of vertigo as if he was the one with the hundred-meter drop beneath him. The titan steeled himself. We will find them eventually. You can't control that. The only thing you can control now is your own survival. Tell us where they are. The scion began to tremble, like an animal shivering in the cold. But they said nothing. Instead, they assaulted the Iron Lord with another wave of vertigo. The wall felt as if it were flexing and tilting beneath the, the Titan. He growled through clenched teeth Last chance! Where are they? Suddenly, Osiris was at Saladin's side. The vertigo broke. Lord Saladin, he urged, this is a waste of time. You of all people should recognize unrelenting stubbornness when you see it. You're right. Saladin regarded the scion with quiet admiration. If the roll's first, I'd rather die than betray my loyalty. The Iron Lord gave the scion a nod of respect and then effortlessly hefted them over the edge. In the split second before gravity took hold, Lord Saladin met the scion's gaze. He suddenly saw himself reflected in the creature's Y-shaped pupil. A ferocious ogre in metal armor, filled with violence. A dull primate, infused with godlike power. A fragile mind, cursed with immortality. Saladin felt the creature's terror. But he also felt the expanse of the Sion's ancestors yawn forth beneath him. He felt their hands reach up to embrace him in a comforting void. He heard the ringing chorus of their timeless harmony call to him. A kaleidoscopic array of emotion surged through his heart, such that he'd never known as a human. For that fleeting moment, He was at peace. Then the scion was gone, and Saladin was alone with Osiris once again.
0: Wow, that was a roller coaster. Is a Saladin bro? Okay, I I'm gonna I I have a real problem with Saladin this season, and it comes from we talked a couple about how I replayed Rise of Iron a couple weeks ago. Um and I'm having a really hard time divorcing that Saladin from the one that I'm seeing this season. Right. Because they are completely different characters. Like right. it is a complete 180 of his character and I I cannot like is is his change of character coming from like him seeing that we're quote unquote going down the wrong path or something because like he lost all of his people and like still didn't like he did it for the right reasons to like protect us from Siva and honor like the Iron Lords and you know, you know, protect the mountain and all the fucking protect the city and protect the humans. And he's a good person. Like he's a good person deep down, but I'm really wondering that now. I think like what, what am I missing?
1: I, I think that actually plays a part into it. He sees our guardian diving into stasis and we are playing with the darkness and it has him on edge
0: so is he desperate is this desperation like forcing him into acting like this and so he's just like there's, missing he's losing his way because we've lost our way kind of well
1: so there's there's also the fact that this is the scion that attempted the assassination the murder on, right 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 Zavala? Is this the
0: garden assassination one?
1: If it's not oh, that no. one, then it is one. No, of... this
0: is the one from last week. No, yes, from no.
1: Week six. Uh, it is not the one from the cutscene that you're thinking of.
0: I was thinking the one from the garden. Then it might be. that attempted one, yeah,
1: then it might be, um,
0: because we wouldn't have gotten our cutscene yet, week six.
1: right, right. That's what I'm getting at. Um, yeah, but I think the other thing that's playing into this is the fact that Zavala was mentored by Saladin right. And so it's like
0: his dad.
1: Right, right. So there's that father figure relationship going on,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: And somebody broke into the house and tried to kill his son.
0: Yeah, I'd be pretty fucked up over that too.
1: Right. So I, I think that's the other thing that's playing into this. Yeah. Cause like Saladin has been on edge. Mm -hmm. ever since Beyond Light started right because of stasis but this is what pushed him over that
0: edge especially also I mean like we are his like young wolf we are like the first I mean like we were the first ones like since he lost everything yeah that he like yeah
1: but he didn't take a moment and then he got mad
0: at us no, but then he got mad at us because he's like, The fuck are you doing? Oh with yeah. your stasis bullshit. Like, no, like as soon as what we, is wrong with you? As soon as
1: we started <laughs> using stasis, he specifically was like, if you step out of line, I will end you.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm I'm fucking mad with you. <laughs> right. Like, like, I still have my sword. <laughs> so. Right. Yeah, I'm just like, "Oh, please don't get mad at me, Salad." <laughs> I still love you.
1: <laughs> but I think it's it's a lot of everything just culminating into the perfect storm yeah. for Salad right now. Right. Cuz like you said, this is a completely different character than what you saw in Rise of Iron.
0: Mhm. It really is. And um mm. It's, it's just hard to see, like kind of the descent of like, kind of the man who was kind of like, kind of broken, but then like built back up at the end of Rise of Iron because like, I don't know, he was just kind of defeated, and then you help,
1: you help build him back up, kind of
0: like yeah, you help kind of bolster him and like give him hope towards the end, and like you help kind of like put Siva back where it belongs. I mean there's like really no putting Siva back in the box like once it's out but like you do your best <laughs>
1: but that's a discussion for another time
0: <laughs> Fuck Siva but um yeah I mean there's only so much you can do for the plague lands my god um right. but there's like you uh, you you do what you can for him and like you help him and he does like improve and get better and but then like this this it's it's hard to see him like this because I don't, I don't know.
1: I I agree because I mean if we whenever we've dove into Iron Lords, it's always been like you know Knights of the Round Table esque you know right. honor.
0: Yeah, and then honor, you see... courage, discipline, right, loyalty, right, and then. You, yeah, this
1: scene almost like, like
0: love, kind of like, but like that kind of you're doing it for like that brotherly, like yeah, love of your fellow man, kind of exactly,
1: yeah. like you're, you know, yeah. su- sacrificing yourself so mankind yeah. can Sacri-
0: um, yeah, for, sacrifice for the greater good, yes, which is kind of like the embodiment of guardians, right? Yeah,
1: but like. You go from seeing that to seeing him literally throwing a scion off the edge of the wall.
0: Which is fucking rugged. Like, (laughs) I don't like that.
1: Like, it is.
0: I don't like seeing him like that.
1: I I don't either. And it's.
0: (sighs) It's just like there are different there are different levels of a descent into darkness and like. There is darkness, you know, like <laughs> the fucking pyramid ships. And then there's this. And like, which one's worse? Like there's one right. that you can fight and then there's one that you can't. Right. And like. I can point my gun at one of them. And well, like. And. and one so is my, a lot easier to fight than the other.
1: So my thinking is. I mean, like, like you're saying, there there's various levels of darkness. Mm hmm. We are literally able to manifest the darkness force, like the force of darkness as stasis. Yeah. Hmm. But this is dark in a whole other direction. I mean, like this is science, tainting that. Yeah. Well, like yeah. it was unarmed. It was in yeah. shackles. And he it just was in shackles
0: it. and essentially naked. Because it didn't have armor on. It was like it was like a naked mole rat. Right. Which and is what I assume they the look like. Yeah.
1: So like there is darkness, and then there is tainting somebody's soul. Yeah. And this is starting to go that route. Yeah. And even Osiris is like you kind of overstepped it there.
0: Yeah. Just <laughs> for, a little.
1: And for Osiris to be like that.
0: <laughs> exactly. Man. You know it's bad. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, Osiris is a... For all of his questionable bullshit, and you know I have, like, a laundry list of questionable bullshit he's done, especially like, in relation to his, like, special burb husband. I, but, I was about to
1: say GTFOing without leaving a letter for his Oh, my God.
0: D- do we need to go over that again for the third time? <laughs> like, call your burp husband before you're going to go to the center of the universe and, like, get, like, the seed <laughs> for the fucking, like, a tree of silver wings. Like, please. My God. <laughs> but, like, seriously, like, and, like, maybe, you know, call for help and, like, not get Sagara killed. Just a thought. My guy.
1: Well, yeah, because now just... who are you going to voice?
0: I There's a bunch of other Segura things I can voice because there's an entire back catalog of Segura things. It's going to be fine. <laughs> there are other things. <laughs> but it's just like, it's for everything that he does, there's still like, he, it's not as questionable as like Saladin, like. Why?
1: because uh, like it. Subs- this this entry specifically feels like that honorable this man It feels like
0: a betrayal. <laughs>
1: well, like it, right, but like it. It feels like that honorable man being pushed just a little too far.
0: Yeah, I do. Um. Want to talk about the Scion for a second. I know we're spending more time on this one than the rest of them, but I think it's because of the complete turnaround in Saladin's behavior and also the Scion in general, um, which is interesting. Um, but the Scion being able to put what they're feeling in your mind which we've had um, over the course of the season, we've been able to see like what the Scions have been able to do, like talk in your mind. They have kind of a hive mind so they can, you know, speak to each other and kind of have like a consensus mind. So, But yeah. Saladin um, felt the creature's terror, but also the expanse of the Scions ancestors yawn forth beneath him. He felt their hands reach up to embrace him in a comforting void and heard the ringing chorus of their timeless harmony call to him. A kaleidoscopic array of emotion surged through his heart such that he'd never known as a human. So as as he tossed the scion off the side of the wall, like like over the edge, all the scions like reached up to embrace the other scion that was dying to like to, you know, envelop it at peace so it wouldn't be afraid as it died. And at that moment, it chose to share that feeling with him. Like
1: And this is wow. happening in a matter of seconds. Yeah. Like that is oh man. Like I I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, it's... It's it's interesting because we get to the point of, like, understanding that Scions can share emotions as well. But, like... Right. To have gone through all that emotion within a matter of seconds, like, that is... I have no words.
0: Well, it's not just that, but it's the way the Scions view, um, I would say, all Guardians, but maybe just Saladin. And I would say it's very accurate, considering the way he is behaving, that he is a dull primate infused with godlike power, a fragile mind cursed with immortality.
1: A ferocious ogre in metal armor filled with violence hmm yeah yeah and i mean it's not wrong well, that's
0: he's not wrong but definitely a fragile mind cursed with immortality because i mean they're not immortal but we are and it is kind of a curse yeah like um after i'm gonna go back to like captain's log again like um Katabasis yeah. like mentioned how it's a curse hundreds of years. Um yeah, you get tired after a while. And we've heard that from other guardians too. I mean, the drifter um with his story, that was a curse. Yeah. Like
1: well, and it it's, it's so. especially seen with guardians that decide to just GTFO. You know. Right.
0: Mhm.
1: They decide to leave guardianship behind and just try and live a life. And that actually brings up Epherdites colony. Like I've been wanting to dive into that. But there's so little information.
0: Yeah. Like where is it? What is she doing? <laughs>
1: all all we know is it's on the outer rim and they are pacifists. Yeah. That's about They're all not we involved. know. Yep. Now like not Effer- fighting now like Effrey had come back to get involved. Right. But
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Should we read the last one? Is there anything else with this?
1: I, I think we've covered this one as much we've as we beaten can.
0: The horse to death, yeah.
1: We've beaten that poor Sion to death.
0: That poor Sion, I feel really bad. Right. I know. Like I'm almost like embarrassed for his behavior, for Saladin's. Right. Like but- I want to like tell the Sion like this isn't how guardians are. I'm so sorry. Like.
1: We prefer to shoot you when you have a gun, and you know you're shooting at yeah. us too, so like that we way prefer it's fair it to
0: be like in fair combat, not in like this kind of bullshit, like like I'm sorry for this like uh, I don't know,, uh, I don't know, anyway, let's do i'll I will read the last one sounds good, all right. 7. The Imperial Throne Keitel sat on a high-backed throne, embellished with ornate carvings and rare metals. It had been salvaged by dutiful couriers in the last hours of her homeworld. The Empress thought it looked preposterous on the bridge of her warship. She would have jettisoned to the gaudy antique out of an airlock if not for Tarun. Her prudent counselor advised that the throne not only conferred authority— but was also now a relic of an endangered species. Any memento of their culture, no matter how trivial, was invaluable. Having lost the Red Legion, their Dominus, and their homeworld, Keitel's people needed tradition to galvanize them. They needed the touchstones of their past to carry them into the terrifying future. They needed to feel like they were still Cabal. Keitel considered the throne in context of the decision before her. The leader of the vanguard had offered to settle their dispute with a right of proving. It would preempt an exhausting war of attrition with a single, decisive engagement. An exceedingly clever tactic she had not considered. The right of proving was once a simple trial by combat, used to settle disputes between neighbors. However, like the throne, it had been embellished beyond utility. By the end of Callus's reign, the right had been corrupted to allow advocates, bureaucrats, and politicians to sway its outcome. Despite Keitel's contempt for the bygone relics of the failed Cabal Empire, Tarun had prevailed upon the Empress to honor them. Not for her own sake, the Counselor reasoned, but for the sake of the survivors. Tarun, I've made my decision. We'll put forth Ignovun as our champion, inside the Halifas Electus. We'll see how much light the small men have left once they fight their way inside. Yes, my Empress. Though the wily counselor's face remained implacable, she continued. It's my duty to mention that this decision will not be universally welcomed. I would have thought you in favor of honoring tradition, Cattle flicked her tusk ring in annoyance. It's a decision the majority will embrace. This is true, my empress. Charun paused, choosing her next words carefully. However, some commanders, like Ixel, the far-reaching, believe that victory is close at hand. Leaving the outcome to a rate of proving will endanger their glory. Keitel snorted derisively. They would sacrifice us all for a moment of vanity. You know as well as I that we can ill afford this campaign. We must regroup for an even stronger foe. Tarun hazarded the slightest of raised eyebrows. With respect, it seems as though you value conclusion over victory. Keitel raised her tusks and lowered her brow. Tarun took a nervous step backwards. There's something more important than victory at stake here. The empress ran her hands over the ridiculous throne. We will honor tradition. We will accept the right of proving. And we will win or lose it as Cabal.
1: And this leads into the strike.
0: Yes. The strike that is super fun. But not as a Grandmaster Nightfall. (laughs) Right. As a Grandmaster Nightfall can eat a bag of dicks.
1: Holy crap. Um, But yeah. So like this is all the decision making that was leading into the actual strike itself. Um, Zavala had already challenged Keidel to the right of proving, and selected us as his champion. Keidel has selected her champion in this entry. Um, you know, Tarun, I've made my decision. We'll put forth Ignoven Yeah, Ignoven as our champion mm-hmm. uh, inside the Halfus Electus.
0: I like how we're the small men. Right. I like that.
1: Except it's literally three of us just running in there and killing a shit ton of Cabal.
0: And tanks. Don't forget the tanks. I heard you like some tanks inside your tanks.
1: So you can tank while you tank while taking care of tanks. Mm
0: -hmm. Tanks. I don't know. I just have eyes of tomorrow. And there's just like rockets everywhere. So... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, and see, when it's a regular strike, I will yeet myself at one of those tanks because with the the Crest of Fallen Star, or uh, Curus, Um mm-hmm. I can almost one-shot those tanks with my super.
0: Yes. That's like, how it should be.
1: It still takes... Just yeet yourself. Well, like, it still takes a little bit of damage after that in order to actually, mm-hmm. you know, destroy it. But, like... On a regular strike, I can almost one shot it. Mm-hmm. As a as a nightfall, it is a whole other question.
0: Yes, you just have to kind of you know stand back. Yeah, yeah. My goodness, but um, I do like how she um Keitel since there are two she's in this um is very much um even though she's like I I hate this whole idea of tradition thing but recognizes the importance of it because it'll bring her people together because yeah. they're they're so fractured at the moment. And we've seen throughout the several of these books in this entire season like how fractured the cabal are and um like how tenuous their connection is and i mean she is a good leader because she does see all of those connections and knows that she does need to have that she needs to say like yes like we you know like we'll we'll do this traditional thing because that's important to us as cabal that we have that like little piece of tradition still exactly Mm-hmm.
1: And, like, she understands that it's important for her people, so she sets aside yeah. how she feels about it and yeah. tries to hold it up.
0: hmm Exactly.
1: Like, the more we dive into her character, I like her.
0: I really like her a lot. I think she's very deep and knowledgeable, and she's very thoughtful.
1: And, like... The thing that that really sets her apart for me is the fact that she's willing to mentally tell, like us, the readers, how she feels, but she does the complete opposite because that's what she feels is best for her people.
0: Yeah. That's what makes her a good leader. Exactly. Yeah. No, I think better leader than (laughs) Callus. Absolutely no. I think she, I think she learned a lot from her father because she saw what he did and said, "I'm not going to be that way." And a lot of kids learn that from their parents.
1: It's it's and that, that's
0: a lot of that is unintentional parenting.
1: It's that that age old dilemma of like, am I going to become my parents or am I going to do better?
0: Yeah, and. that's unintentional parenting i think it's the like am i doing right by my kid or am i you know being a shitty parent because you know oh i'm helicopter parenting or i'm like leaving them to their own devices but if you leave them to their own devices that's ignoring my kid completely so it's it's you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't but like i don't know same it's do i do i have tradition or do i you know throw the the cabal out with the planet and say fuck it (laughs) who knows i don't know she's she's inspiring honestly yeah she's a very strong character and she kind of sticks by her guns a lot exactly you know
1: and and like if i were part of the cabal I would definitely follow her as a guardian I have no problem creating a a allegiance with her right even if it's just a temporary piece just to get the the hive out of our hair right yeah so Orchid Hmm. did you like the book
0: it did um i did because it reminded me of the entire season which was good so i kind of wish i read all of them as they came out um so rip that i didn't that that's not going to change my behavior in the upcoming seasons because i know i still won't <laughs> when I see that I get lore in game, I'm like, meh, <laughs> <Right>. ignore. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm just like, I'll read it on Ishtar later. Yeah, meh. But, um, it is, I think it's a, it's a good book. It gives us a lot of little facets of the season. I think it makes a lot more sense now that the season has come out. If I had read it at the very beginning of the season, um, it would not have made any sense as a book I agree does that make sense uh, Yeah. I think it's a really good supplementary book like it's a good it's a good book that's like oh hey play this week's story and then read this lore entry to go with it it's not a good book on its own like I wouldn't be like oh I really like from the front. No, I don't know. Like, But like, it's good in conjunction, like taking it with the whole season's story. I think it's a good book.
1: I can definitely agree. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it, but it requires having played the story of this season in order to truly grasp what's going on um right and to truly like feel what you're meant to feel reading it
0: yeah yeah absolutely
1: um so yeah it's it's good supplementary content but mm-hmm. by itself it would not hold
0: yeah mhm yeah um i think do you have like a favorite entry in this one
1: as much like
0: I know we've never like asked that really before but these are all kind of like separate little stories put together they're not really like one flowing book like a lot of the books we've had lately
1: I've actually got two favorite entries um the one where Zavala and Ikora are talking Mm mm-hmm because, you know, from a macro level, we're, as players, are able to see what's going on and it, like, we're seeing the interactions and we're going, oh, oh, this this could lead somewhere bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially having seen Zafala's reaction to the discovery of, you know, who Crow is. Right. Yeah. Um, and then as much as we didn't like as much as we talked about it the Saladin entry. Like I actually enjoyed that one. And, and not for for you know seeing Saladin just toss a you know torture and toss a scion off the edge, no, but like to see that he has gotten to that point. And the critical thinking on our part of like, okay, what has pushed him to that point? That is what I enjoyed about that.
0: I'd have to say those two were my favorite entries also <laughs> for pretty much the same <laughs> reason. God damn it. Um, I'd say the Ikora one, like, we haven't seen her very much. Um, except in lore because, and I understand it's because her voice actor is very expensive. And, um, like, I know we'll start seeing her again because I think they're, they wrote enough that they can justify paying her for a, a day or two to record a bunch. But she, to me, is, um, she's such an integral part of the story and us not having seen her at all is like depressing almost and like she and zavala are so close and seeing this rift form between them or having seeing her feel like she's because she knows this and can't feel like she can tell him because she's holding the secret back. Like I feel that. Like have you ever felt like you are really close to somebody and you know something and you want to tell them and you can't? Yeah. And so you've you've never felt so far from them before, but you're still so close to them. And I think we've all felt like that before. Yeah. In in one way or another. And like if you just like are super honest with yourself. And so like that's that is like a real feel for me. So I'm just like oh I Cora I know how you feel. Oh my God. I mean it's not because like I know who you're that your secret bodyguard is actually alive. Like that's not (laughs) it's not like because of that. But like I understand like that feeling that she has that she's never felt so close and like so far from somebody and like what are they gonna how are they gonna react when they know that you've known this thing and you didn't tell them yeah like are they gonna be mad are they gonna be understanding as to why you didn't say anything and so you're just like kind of dreading that day because you know they're going to find out but you like promised you wouldn't say and so you're just like fuck
1: it's, like, it's being stuck in a between a hard place and a rock
0: yeah except like the rock and the hard place is you know the crow and Zavala I guess yeah goodness but yeah, um, for me, a, a huge part of this entire season has been seeing kind of like Saladin's kind of descent into like becoming kind of like a baser warlord again. Yeah. Because he's like really kind of reverted back into like, well, this is how we did it back like before the city. And I'm like, bro, like you you were an iron Lord because it was a reactionary to the warlords. Like, don't give me that. Like you were better than them. And now you're acting like you weren't like, this is not okay. So I do like, um, I do like that entry, even if I don't like where his character is going, um, or his frustration with our lack of, um, would you say like is he's, he's been frustrated with like our lack of war with the cabal? And I'm like, we just had like a a year long war with the cabal several years ago. Like we don't need another one.
1: Well, and, and we've hell, seen I mean...
0: with the lore that she doesn't want war with us either. Like, right. they're not interested. Like, cool your jets. <laughs> so right, right, yeah. I don't know, like, why he's so hot to trot on like war with, <laughs> unless, like, from what I see happening is I could see the same thing happen with him as with like, um, the Zivu, the person who sacrificed themselves for Zivu wrath on her staff. The moon wrath. Yeah. I can see that. I could see that. I could see him, like, sacrificing himself to bring, like, Zivu Wrath around again.
1: I could see that. Or make
0: him stronger or something. Like, I could see him, like, killing himself or, like, doing something to, like, thinking he's going to, like, save the day but really just, like, makes him stronger and then we have to, like, you know, clear that up because he thinks he's, like... I, c- I can see that becoming, like, a story point. That's my prediction. Ooh. He's going to do something, like, entirely stupid, and it's going to be in because Savathun, like, tricked him into it, and it's really going to, like, cause, like, a huge thing. So,
1: Ooh. What? what if? What? Hmm? So, like, we've had discussions about the Traveler's Chosen and who that yes. is referring I to. Think right. yeah, I think it's him. I think it's him.
0: I don't think right. it's Zavala anymore. I think it's him.
1: I was just I was getting just to thinking
0: that. that when we were I think when we were talking earlier, I was like, "It's it's actually salad, and it's not because it's not uh-huh because it's I was looking at the skull, and I'm like, the skull's facing the wrong way. Right in the tower, it's not facing towards Zavala.
1: Oh man, like. I could see.
0: They could be Saladin, though,
1: and like I can see going macro for a moment. I can see mm-hmm. that if they're going to make changes to Iron Banner, mm-hmm. that would be the way to do it story wise. Saladin, Explain. Saladin offs himself to you know help us with Zivu or something. Effordi comes in and she's like, "This is how he's running Iron Banner." No, let's let's change things up. I could see that happening.
0: I want Shiro. Where's Shiro?
1: And see, I want Effordi back.
0: I want Shiro. Bring me Shiro.
1: Anyway. At this point, we are literally just <laughs> devolving into. I want this character back. So,
0: I want Shiro and Effrey, back. I give me both of them.
1: So, Orchid, <laughs> shout outs.
0: Um, I, I don't really have any this week. None? Just like, I know, it's weird, right? It's weird, right? Actually, no, I have one. Um, I won't mention who, but, um, One of my friends has had, like, a super, and he doesn't even listen to this podcast, it doesn't really matter, but, like, has had, like, a super, super rough fucking week, and that sucks. So, if anybody's ever just having a rough time, and, like, this goes for anybody, just, like, hit me up. Or any of us. Likewise, yeah. We have, like, we're friendly, and lore hub
1: and and we're willing to give sympathetic ears and yeah yeah
0: so yeah like he and i had long talks and yeah if you're having if you're having a really rough week too like yeah hit me up so sounds good because like i totally get it like i have i have rough weeks also and like it sucks if you have like nobody to talk to and you just like really need to just be like I just need to, to say words at somebody and just I just need to get it like off my chest and be like, Yeah, cool, it's like hit me up. DM's open. You hit me up on Twitter, or you can hit me up on Discord.
1: Hell, no problem. Like I've Ricky. I've had a rough last year so yep. like i completely understand
0: <laughs> yeah
1: i will and i will sympathize I, with you
0: <laughs> yeah i mean we've all just kind of we've all been through a fucking thing and we're all kind of starting to come out the other end and it's yeah it's i think for a lot of us we're starting to try to figure out how to go back into society <laughs> That it's been a year now.
1: Society, what's that?
0: Well, yeah, because I was spoke, I was talking to my brother because he's like, do you realize it's been a year since I was supposed to get married? Like his wow. wedding was supposed to be on the first last year. Yeah,
1: I remember that
0: when we were talking about this. Yeah, he's supposed to get married on April Fool's Day last year. Um, and then I had gotten COVID like a week prior to that, and then like lockdown had happened like a week prior to that and they had to cancel their wedding and they did not get a bunch of their deposits back because it was before like law stated you had to give deposits back in California and everything. And it was before airlines were giving deposits back because it was right at the beginning. And so all of us in California were like, well, fuck. So <laughs> yeah, it was, um, yeah. Yeah. So it's been like over a year and California and like Oregon and stuff like we never got out of lockdown. So those of you who have had lockdown for like two weeks and that's it, like you don't know what lockdown is. We never stopped for a year. Restaurants finally opened in my town like a month ago, three weeks ago. Or something, yeah. You're finally. I gyms are finally open. Like three weeks ago. And yeah. Finally. Like, but only for like four people at a time. So. (laughs) It's it's been. I'm I'm ready to go back to normal life. I'm fucking done with this, but yeah, if you're having like a day or a week, like hit me up because you know what we can commiserate or hit up Elvis because he has a, he's he's a good listener. I'm offering you Elvis. <laughs>
1: well, all right then.
0: Yep. I mean, it helps that you're like the nicest person I know.
1: I don't know how to respond to that.
0: Thank you helps.
1: Thank you helps.
0: God. Elvis, <laughs> do you have your shout outs?
1: Uh actually I'm gonna shout out to my brother, Kite. Um just 'cause him and I have been partying up a lot lately and it's it's been really nice. Um, and then shout out to my Outriders buddy, Raging Monkeys. Um, him and I have been going through the campaign and we are like, we're strategizing things. We helped save a man who was in an outhouse. Um, Like it was just, it was a lot of fun and it was, it was something I needed this weekend. Not that life is bad or anything. It was just I needed the the humor this weekend.
0: That's good. I'm glad you got it.
1: Yeah. So, it's that time of the episode where we like to give special thanks. The artwork for this episode is courtesy of VolshockB on Twitter. Uh, the music in this episode is copyright bungee. We're able to use it under their fair use policy because they love their content creators. If you'd like to dive into Destiny lore on your own, visit ishtar-collective.net. They are the resource I use to make the show notes.
0: Thank you, Baxter.
1: <laughs> and for reminders, uh, you can find us on Twitter at guardians underscore lore, at Orchid, and at I underscore am underscore elemist. You can email us at guardians underscore lore at outlook.com. You can leave us a review wherever you find the podcast. And you know what? Jump in our Discord. The the invite is down at the description thingy.
0: The description thingy?
1: The description thingy.
0: Wow. Super good at this.
1: I have all <laughs> the technical words.
0: Oh my god. Just say goodbye. <laughs>
1: Goodbye.
0: (laughs) Say goodbye, okay. Bye.